0: Hello, healthcare consumers, and welcome to Escaping the Healthcare Prison podcast, dedicated to making the healthcare maze easier to understand and navigate. Today's podcast will be healthcare billing. Are you a healthcare consumer or are you a prisoner? We will answer that question. I am Gary Prahla, co-founder of Healthcare Consumer Navigator Center, and will be your host for today's podcast, with me is Matt Stoker and Zach Lewis, production assistants.
1: Gary, I'm very impressed by your intro. Two episodes in, we're already on our way. Most people are a little shaky. You're, you're, you are you're, got this down. You got bad. it down. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you're natural. There you go.
0: So healthcare billing can be very boring, but what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to make it just a little bit fun, make it a little bit easy to understand. And because this is really important. Today, we will be covering medical billing as it relates to hospitals, doctors, and emergency room and walk-in clinics. The biggest thing is what you should be looking for. And lastly, what can you do to not become what I'm going to talk about here in a second is a healthcare prisoner. So with that said, who is Healthcare Consumer Navigator Center. We started the company in uh, December of 2016. Our goal and objective is to, again, as I mentioned, making the healthcare maze easier to understand and navigate. We have a website, www.healthcareconsumernavigatorcenter.com, which is an all-inclusive website of information that relates to healthcare. In layman's language, so hopefully it will be easy for you to understand.
1: And it's free. It's free. That's yeah. I feel like it's one of the most important points. Costs nothing. It, it really, it's legitimate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's free. And plus, too, if you have a question, drop us a note. And there's a form that you can fill out. Drop us a note, and we'd be happy to uh, try to answer it for you. Myself and my wife Judy and Jay Heron started the company. You know, all three of us have extensive healthcare backgrounds and complement one another. Judy is a, a coding and medical record expert, and Jay is a chief financial officer from a very large healthcare company. Before we start, I just want to refresh everybody's memory and talk a little bit about what we talked about on the original Podcast, What is a Healthcare Prisoner and What is a Healthcare Prison? A Healthcare Prisoner is an individual or a person who is starting to use their insurance and realize that they have limitations. Simple. And with those limitations, you become a prisoner to either a healthcare provider or the healthcare insurance company. A healthcare prison is a company like a hospital, a doctor, an insurance company, the government that again has significant number of restrictions. So with that being said, you know, what we're trying to do is to let you, the consumer understand that you are a prisoner and there are healthcare prisons that you need to be aware of healthcare billing, are you a consumer or are you a prisoner?
1: Now, I got to be honest, I'm I'm a little wary of this, Gary, because billing is one of those things that makes people's eyes glaze over when they hear it and they kind of tune out, you know, And, and I'm interested to see how we can make this engaging. So hit me with it. What do you got? Let's start talking about a couple of basic billing horror stories.
0: I get a call from a friend of mine whose friend was getting bills from this hospital to the tune of around twenty two thousand dollars.
1: It's nothing to scoff
0: at. This individual had insurance, and you know this individual, you know, did everything in terms of getting, um, you know, the service pre-certed, etc. His daughter was in the hospital three different times. On one occasion, all of them were paid. All of the bills were paid: the hospital, the doctor, the anesthesiologist. On the second occasion, the surgeon was paid, the doctor was paid, the the anesthesiologist and hospital uh, was not. On the third occasion, the hospital wasn't paid, the surgeon was paid, and the anesthesiologist was paid. The thing that's amazing about this is that it was for the same diagnosis. Wait, each time? Each time.
1: Oh, so they got paid three times?
0: Yeah, the surgeon did, but the hospital got paid once and the anesthesiologist got paid twice. How does that work out? Well, this is a classic example where the hospital miscoded the bills. So did the anesthesiologist. The surgeon coded them correctly because in all three cases, they got paid. The moral of the story here is, is that When you see things like this, you have to take some time and and to try to understand them and do the appropriate research. And we'll talk about that here in a minute.
2: And this is an instance where he did everything correctly. Your friend did. Yeah. And through no fault of his own, was stuck with this $22,000 worth of medical bills that should have been covered.
0: Should have been covered. That's what's sad. Now, I've been working with him to appeal them. And we're in a process of appealing them. And I I believe we're going to be successful. The second thing I want to talk about is what happened to me. I get this bill in the mail about six months ago for 168 (laughs) bucks for, for a service that was two years old. And I said, okay, what is this? First I called the billing company and said, what is this? Well, it's for a service, you know, two years ago. And We're still checking with the insurance company about whether they should pay it or not. Well, then I got curious, so I called the insurance company, and I said, what is this? They were semi-forthcoming, and I had to press them to really get the answer. And what the answer was is that the doctor upcoded the bill, meaning that to get more reimbursement, the doctor put a higher billing code on the claim but couldn't substantiate it within my medical record mm. when the bill was audited then the insurance company took back the money and then the doctor billed me for it right which is very very illegal
1: <laughs> yeah there's a couple terms yeah. for what that is yeah. you know it, very very illegal it wasn't the first yeah. one that came to mind but yeah you're right that's not okay
0: and so, to make a long story short, I called the you know uh, I called the doctor's office and explained my you know my answer to them. and I said, write it off, and they wrote it off, and I never heard from them since. <laughs> mm. Moral: of the story here is is that a lot of consumers get bills for a hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks, and they don't think about it, and they just write a check.
2: Right. Depending on your financial status, if you're if you're doing okay and uh, you're looking at a bill for a hundred dollars, you think, well. Clearly, I must owe something. I don't want to go into collections. I don't want any anything bad to happen. So, uh, if a hundred dollars doesn't hit you too badly, then you'll probably just pay it more often than not. It's a pretty fickle business scheme, isn't it? It's we'll hit you with the
1: charge and then put just a number of hurdles between you and us, just to see if you're willing to jump
2: over it and get your dime back. What a, what a ah! I can't stand it. That's the maze. So for someone who's not really engaged too much in in complicated. Uh, medical billing i've uh, mostly just my experience with healthcare has been go to the doctor when i feel sick and then go pick up some prescriptions and, and that's it i've never really had a, an extended hospital stay or anything like that how many different entities are we talking about here when it comes to billing you have the insurance company you have the hospital you ha- you have some sort of intermediary billing company that you're also having to deal with how does this work
0: well yes it does and i'll get to that in a minute okay Bills received from healthcare providers are simply for services rendered. They are usually hard to read and hard to understand. Mm-hmm. They have medical terms and medical language that sometimes are hard to you know, read and, and, and hard to understand. Some bills will ask you to make a payment while others
2: are informational. So informing you that something has been paid? Is that what these are? Or
0: or informing you that it hasn't been paid, and maybe you should think about doing something about (laughs) it. So again, it becomes so convoluted. And then what really becomes convoluted is that some bills are combined, both hospital and doctor. It's like throwing gas on the fire. Mm. And then lastly, some bills come early. And then some bills come late and some bills never come.
1: You know, a cynical man would say this is all by design, that this is all turned out in a way that's kind of against the rest of us. But, you know,
0: I don't know. The process has become so complex that the people that perform the process sometimes are confused.
1: Mm. Which is chilling because these are the people who are usually responsible for saving lives. And if they can't figure it out. Just, what are the rest of us supposed to do well just like in my situation
0: on that 168 box mm. you know they shouldn't have billed me they know better but they did sad but true yeah matt to answer your question you know about the number of bills you may get let's just say you're admitted to the hospital for surgery one, you're going to get a bill from the hospital. You're going to get a bill from your admitting doctor. You're going to get a bill from the specialty doctor. You're going to get a bill from the surgeon. You're going to get a bill from the anesthesiologist. You're going to get a bill from the radiologist and one from the pathologist.
2: <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Lord, yeah. Man. So this, this, is, this speaks to my question, which is when I think of billing, I think you go to the desk and this is how much you pay. But obviously, when things are a little bit more complicated and you have a number of different doctors involved, uh, so let's—I mean, let's walk through this real quick. The hospital is—is this—is this a bill for how much it costs to keep you there? How much—that's uh, your food and supplies and things like that.
0: That's it, you know, medical supplies, room and board. Yeah, um, the surgical suite. Uh, surgical supplies, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Right.
2: And then i, I these, the doctors obviously make sense. So you have to pay the doctors. You have to pay the surgeon. The rest of these make a certain amount of sense. I just was not aware that each of these are billed separately. I, You think, okay, they'll just total up however much it is, and you just get a bill from the hospital, and that's what it is. But all of these have to be built separately and and apparently all of these have to be coded separately and submitted to insurance separately and paid out separately. So one of the last times I went to
1: get a a, a general uh, physical, I I had some blood drawn, you know, for tests. And at one point they said, hey, you haven't had this one test done in a while. We're going to run it real quick. I don't think it was like tetanus or something. I don't remember. And it's like, you don't, you you don't show any signs of having that, but it's just something you should do every few years. We're going to roll that. Is that cool? I was like, yeah, okay. Not only did I assume that would be tested in-house, I did not know what they just told me was like a $75 charge to run whatever that test was from another, from whatever blood testing company they shipped my blood to. I was like, man, what a scheme. I got played for a fool. So yeah, that's my
0: story. Welcome to the medical billing in the medical world. It's just <laughs> yes. So let's,
1: let's step back here. What is the process exactly? When did these charges start racking up? The billing process, Zach, is
0: this, is that, number one, there are different providers doing a bunch of different billing. Number two, some of the providers will do the billing electronically, and some of them will do it on
1: paper. 99% oh, really? will do it electronically. I would hope so. Yeah, see, that, that's a big disconnect right there. Different mediums. Absolutely. Where a problem
0: comes into play is on the initial bill going out, there could be mistakes. They could be charge mistakes. They could be coding mistakes. There, you know, They could be a variety of different mistakes. As we talked about on that $22,000 issue, mm. it was a coding error. And then it creates so much of a problem, so much of a trickle-down effect problem that the healthcare consumer gets stuck in terms of when the insurance company pays is that the insurance company never pays retail price. Right. Never. There's going to be a cash payment and there's going to be a discount. And then there's going to be what you are required to pay. Co-insurances, co-deductibles, the deductible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When healthcare providers receive that payment, those postings can be wrong and your bill is wrong. And then you say to yourself, well, how do I know that? And we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail, but the key is, is your explanation of benefits. You receive that document every time the insurance company makes a payment to a healthcare provider. And that document will have all the information on it. Number one, the retail charge, the payment, the discount, what you owe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: So that's like the table of contents for charges and how it all works.
0: It is, but it is also the critical document for you then to go ahead and match up to the bill that you're receiving from that healthcare provider
1: sounds pretty important. It's
0: the most important thing to do. So hmm.
2: this is the insurance company saying, "This is what the doctor, this is what the hospital, or this is what the doctor sent us." Yes, and here's what we paid. Right, and it, anything beyond that is where you might have a a problem. A
0: problem because if there, if that EOB and the bill you're getting from the hospital, the doctor, or whomever don't match then there is an er- more than likely there is an error on the bill more than likely and that's where you have to take the time and match them up at that point in the ball game then the statements is is sent to you and at that point in time you need to be sure that it's correct and again not to repeat myself but match it against the eob Mm. Given what I just said, and we're going to go into some of the takeaways here in a second, are you a healthcare prisoner in a virtual healthcare prison? I think we can safely say the answer to that is yes. You're a prisoner to all the bills that you receive. You're a prisoner to the insurance company as to how and when they pay them. And you're in a prison due to the fact that you have to deal with insurance companies and you have to deal with other healthcare providers.
1: You know, I can't help but wonder if you were able to look at a hospital's error and billing statements, if you were to add up all of it and then and, and the profit versus loss, do you think in general, they, they make more of a profit off of errors like this or they lose money? Cause I'm, I'm worried it's, it's more of a profit that, that they're benefiting from these mistakes.
0: More than likely, they're benefiting from the mistakes. You know, they're definitely, um, the mistakes are going to be in their favor, not yours. Yeah. Number one, number two, is that do they do it intentionally? The answer is no. This stuff becomes so complex and so convoluted, as I mentioned earlier, they have a problem understanding it. They have a problem trying to process it. With that, what are some of the takeaways? Well, some of the takeaways for today are ask your healthcare provider when you walk in to either a doctor's office or a hospital and demand to know how many bills you're going to be getting, because this is going to give you an idea of what you'll be dealing with. If they don't know, I would be shocked. Because more than likely, they are going to know that there's going to be a separate bill for this or a separate bill for that. Some organizations are proactive. Most of them aren't. So take the time and ask. Secondly, there are hidden risks. And as we talked about with all these providers, is that some of them could be a network and some of them may not be in your insurance network. And if they're not in your insurance network, that's where you're going to end up paying a whole lot more money because they aren't in your network. A prudent consumer will ask the question, is the anesthesiologist in my network? Is the radiologist? Is the pathologist? And nine times out of 10, the hospital or the doctor's office will know.
2: And are they at that point then able to get you someone that is in your network if the person doesn't happen to be? No, oh, so it's just yeah, they're not in your network and you're going to get ca- okay. caught by this and pretty just much. Be ready for it
0: that's that's about it uh,
2: you have a you have a point here that is to check the surrounding ERs and see what's in your network and to also check that yearly. I assume that means then these things can change. They could be in network one year. They could maybe be out of your network the next year. Is that correct? hundred percent. So just because you checked a couple of years ago and said this, I know this ER down the street is in my network. You go there, maybe not knowing that in the, in the time in between that things have changed.
0: Absolutely. Is that one of the first things I do when it's renewal time, which it is right now is I either get on the phone or I get on the website. Of my insurance company and double check to make sure that the doctors and the emergency rooms and the hospitals are still in network and it takes a couple of minutes but it's worth it to answer your question is and and to expand upon your comment is take the time and just draw a circle around where you live around 15 miles and make sure you understand which healthcare providers are in your network. So if in the event you have to go to the emergency room or you have to go to the clinic, at least you're going to one that is going to accept your insurance. One of the other big things is billing errors. There have been a number of surveys that have indicated that 7 to 8% of the bills that are sent to you and me are wrong. What are they wrong for? Wrong diagnosis, as we talked about. Duplicate charges. Canceled tests and procedures that you were charged for that should have been canceled. Incorrect patient information. Your name is misspelled. The policy number is wrong. And posting errors, as we talked about before. Again, huge, huge, huge match your EOB to every bill you get from the provider. Your EOB is the explanation of benefits. That's the Bible. And one of the other things that goes hand in glove with the EOB is that most insurance companies have a portal that you can sign up for that has some unbelievably good information on it, one of which it houses all of your EOBs. So if you may have misplaced one or lost one or whatever, you can get the information there. If you think that you have a problem, try to get a second opinion from somebody.
1: You know anybody who might be good for second opinions on billing, Gary? <laughs> Me. <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> HealthCareConsumerNavigatorCenter.com. If you do have a question, send it to us because we'd be more than happy to take a look at it for you or to try to get you an answer. And just to let you know that future podcasts are going to talk about pricing and we're going to talk about healthcare quality. We're going to talk about balanced billing and a variety of other different topics, which I think you will be very, very, very interested to hear about. So with that, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you the next time.